many years ago, I read this book called The Jabez Prayer. Has anybody read that book? And um, I printed it out, and I made it personal for me, and I taped it on my bed frame. This is before I was married and had kids, and I prayed it day and night. And um, I saw such supernatural things come from this prayer. Why? Because prayer is so powerful. I'm telling you, we so underestimate prayer. I wish that from time to time, we could see what happens in the supernatural realm when we pray. You know, James talks about, we have not because we ask not. And I was listening to the pastor of Bethel, um, Bethel Church in Redding, California, and this week he said something so interesting. I was like, that is it. He said, lack in our life is due to prayerlessness. I mean, he said it better than that, but lack in our life equals prayerlessness. Because the Bible says we have not because we ask not. And I think somewhere we just believe that we're saved and everything just comes to us. But it's not how it works. Everything is available to him or her who believes. And by believing, we have to declare and we have to pray. That's what we do. And so um, just by praying this prayer, I, got, I saw God change the trajectory of my life. And I am believing that's going to take place for you. So I want to share. I'm going to teach on this, and I want to share with you, and I want to encourage you to pray this. You know, when you teach a message, they say statistically about 10% will take your advice or the new revelation. So I pray it's everybody, but you get to do what you want, but that is my gift to you today as the spiritual mama here. And so here's the backstory to the prayer. There's a man named Jabez. Who, is, who has read this prayer, the Jabez prayer? There's a man named Jabez, and it's in the Old Testament, and is actually found in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 4. It's so interesting because this chapter is just a list of genealogical names, genealogy names. There's over 600 names. So it's so-and-so belonged to so-and-so, and so-and-so belonged to so-and-so, or if you have the King James, so-and-so begot so-and-so, right? And it's all these names. And honestly, how many people really read all of that? I mean, maybe, maybe once, but yeah. But right in the middle, God stops and highlights this man named Jabez. And so many people can miss it because, you know, genealogy you skim, usually. <laughs> I haven't read it through once or twice. but and, and so there's this man named Jabez. God interrupts at verse 9. So 1 Chronicles verse 9, it says, There's a man named Jabez who was more honorable than his brothers. This is a man with a very small story and a huge testimony. And it goes on to say his mother named him Jabez because he was birthed in pain. Jabez cried out to God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Please be with me in all I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And then it goes on to say, and God granted his request. And then it goes on back to so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so belongs to so-and-so. 
And it's like God just interrupts to say, hey, this is important. What he did, not only his prayer, but I want you to know that I answered this kind of prayer. You know, when God, there's prayers in the Bible, but then when God ends up with the prayer saying, and I granted him what he asked, we should pay attention. It's a prayer that God likes. So I want to break down this prayer and tell you why it's so important. Jabez, we don't know why his mom called him Pain, named him Pain. I, I'm assuming it was a tough childbirth, but it could be more. I, I don't know. Maybe she was in heartache. Maybe she lost her husband. Like, I don't know the situations around his birth, but in the Old Testament, names were really important. You didn't choose names because it's in the top 50 of the most popular names that year or because you like it, or because it sounds good with the middle name. You named your kids their destiny. Their name was their destiny. This is why God would interrupt sometimes and say, no, you're not going to name them this, you're going to name them this. Or when God came to Abram and said, now your name is Abraham and declared a promise. Names are very important. And Jabez knew this. And his mom had pushed her pain onto her son and labeled him. I don't know if that's happened to anybody here. Mom, life, teachers, circumstances. Really, ultimately, it's the enemy that likes to label us and mark us. But Jabez was walking out that destiny of pain. Basically, what his name means, you will experience pain every day of your life, and you're going to bring pain and trouble to others. Well, that's a bummer. Like, that's not cool, right? But Jabez knew the God of Israel, and he knew there was a God that could rewrite a story. And so Jabez went to God. His prayer was so powerful because it's just full of crazy faith. He didn't go to God and say, why? 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 What did I do to deserve this? Why do I have a mom like this? Why did I have a family like this? Why was my upbringing like this? Which is really not prayer, it's complaining. And he could have, he could have. God cares. I am not saying that God doesn't care. He cares about our troubles. But he knew that he didn't even have to talk about the circumstances. He bypassed what he was dealing in the natural and went straight to the promises of God. Why am I going to waste time on this? I know it's not God's heart for me. I know this is the enemy. Why would I glorify what the enemy's doing? Why would I glorify pain? I know of a God who can rewrite a story. I know a God who loves to bless, and I'm going to him. I'm bypassing what I see. I'm not going to blame my mom. I'm not going to blame my upbringing. I'm going to a God who can change my life, and that's what he did. So Jabez, the very first thing he did is ask for blessing. You know, we access blessing through prayer. Do you know that most believers do not get in their word and pray? And that's not like condemnation. It's not religious, like shame on you. No, it's for our benefit, right? It's for our benefit. God loves us. If we never knew his word and we were saved, he loves us. But the word is for us. And prayer is for us. That's how we access the promises of God. It's like this. It's like the kingdom of God and all the promises are an ATM 
of money. And God gives us all a debit card. And we get to go whenever we want to put in that debit card. And the debit card is prayer. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it's a business deal with God and bless me, bless me, and give me, give me. That's not what I'm saying. That's not my heart. And and you'll hear in the rest of it. But what I'm saying is none of us, some of us, some of us don't really use the debit card. We open our wallet. We're like, where's the money? Where's the money? But prayer is accessing the promises of God, prayers of faith, not prayers of complaining. Why me? Why me? But putting that debit card in, knowing that the money's going to come out. And money's just an analogy. I'm talking about the promises of God. Sure, financial blessing, but you know, that's just such a small part of it. I know a lot of people that are very wealthy and not happy. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord. I'm talking about walking in destiny. I'm talking about the peace of God. I mean, the whole, the whole blessing of God in our life. And this is what Jabez was going. He knew that there was a God of blessing, and he was going to tap into that. Psalms 31.19 says, How great is the goodness you stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection and refuge, blessing them before a watching world. God stores up goodness, waiting to pour it out on us, For those who what? Come to him. Come to him for refuge and protection. What is that? That's prayer. That's intimacy with the Lord. Knowing that he can give us what we could never give ourselves or any person on this earth. But he says, for all who come to me, I have stored this goodness up to lavish. Why? Because there's a world watching and waiting and seeing, is there any hope? Is there any hope? And the goodness of God, the good news, gives hope to a hurting world. He loves to give it to us. And I want to ask you, are you convinced that God wants to bless you? Because most Christians are not. They say here, but here, because religion has got in. Well, I don't know if I deserve it. I don't know if I Hey, none of us deserve We don't. There we go. We don't deserve it. But Jesus bought it with his blood for us. So let's just get over that, you know, where we do these tally marks. If we are, you know, good enough, Jesus is good enough, and we're one with him. And because of salvation, he loves to bless us. And I want to tell you something. We need to be blessed because it is the only way we're going to reach this world. We're very, very limited without the blessing and favor of the Lord. But with that, lives are transformed, not just ours, but the people around us. So Jabez says, line my light up with line, line my life up with your will, which is to be blessed and highly favored. You want to know the will of God. Do you want to know the will of God? He wants to bless you. That is God's will for you. In every area of your life, we really do serve a very, very good God. And he wants to bless you in every area. And sometimes we think, well, this area he wants to bless me, but not this area. No, every area he wants to abundantly bless you. It's his heart. It's who he is. It's his character. He loves to bless us. And Jabez did that. And Jabez didn't have to justify himself like we do sometimes. He didn't justify himself. 
He just went to the God of blessing and knew that God wanted it more than him. God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. It's his heart for his children. And then he goes on to say, Lord, would you extend my territory? Would you extend my land? Would you extend my influence and my resources? He says, God, I want to be blessed by you, and I want to be used by you. You know, I think where we stumble is when we want to be blessed, but then we, don't want to, we just want it to stay right here with us, right? But that's why the next part of the prayer is so powerful is, God, would you use me? Would you extend my tent pegs? That's what he's saying. In the Old Testament, the more land you had, the more resources you had, the greater influence. Well, it is kind of like today. You know, a lot of people don't want to listen to you if you don't have a lot of fruit in your life. And let's be honest, right? Like the more fruit, the more blessing, the more they can see that you're walking in joy. And the world knows if you're genuine or not. They know, you know. The more blessing and resources, God, would you trust me with more resources that I can reach people for you? I want to be used by you. What Jabez is saying is, I want to make you famous, God. I don't like how I've been marked. I'm not going to even talk about that. I don't want to bring pain to people. I don't want to bring trouble all the days of my life. Would you bless me and would you use me? And then the next part of the prayer, he says, God, let your presence be with me. I want to be blessed and I want to be used, but I can't do it alone. And this is where religion comes in, where we just like, okay, I'm blessed. I'm being used by God. Okay, I got this. I'm good. And Jabez is like, but we're doing it together, (laughs) me and you. I need your presence. If your presence is in here, it's nothing. I'm nothing. The blessing means nothing. The influence means nothing. It's all a, you know, a me club. It has to be you. That you would get all the glory. I need your presence, God. Would you be with me everywhere I go? What a powerful prayer that we wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you that your presence is with me. We know Holy Spirit lives in us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But I'm talking about the tangible presence of God and that we get to pray for that. I'm not saying it's always going to feel great and I get that, but he said we can pray this. I want your presence. Do you know that you can pray that? And when you pray that, you will feel it. You will experience it more because prayer is so powerful. What are you praying for in your life? We have to open our mouths and declare. I pray out loud in the morning. I shut myself in and I just read the word out loud. I pray out loud because our voice has powerful. It has power. I want the demons to hear. I want the angels to hear. I want the atmosphere to hear. I want it to fill my home as I am blessing my kids. I'm blessing my husband. I'm blessing myself. I am blessing you. Do you know that I'm interceding for you? I love you. I want you to walk in your destiny. And I open my mouth and declare, not because I'm some powerful thing, because God said we can take his word and say it just like he says it and things are going to happen. We've got to do it. We cannot be silent. Well, I'm introvert. 
I pray in my head. You can, and God hears it, but there is something that echoes in the atmosphere when we open our voice. I mean, five minutes a day of declaring one scripture, this prayer, blessing. Like I said before, blessing is so powerful. You look in the Old Testament, a blessing could never be broken, ever. It doesn't matter what they did, blessing can never be broken. But a curse, easy. Somebody wants to curse you, oh, that's not going to land in the name of Jesus. But blessing goes on for generation to generation. So Jabez didn't care about the curse in his life. He didn't magnify the curse. Well, that can be broken. I'm going to go to the God of blessing. That's not going to only affect my life, but this is going to land on my kids and my grandkids. And, you know, I'm going to see this thing through. How powerful is that? And then um, he ends with this, and I love it. Because this just really breaks off that weird, wrong theology. And God, one more thing. Would you just keep me from all pain and trouble? I don't want any. I don't want any pain and trouble. Well, come on, we got to suffer for the Lord. It's the Christian thing to do. Let's suffer a little bit. No, Jesus suffered for us. We do not have to have pain and trouble. Do we sometimes? Yeah, we're in a fallen world. We're in a fallen world, and sometimes we just make bad decisions or people around us make bad decisions, and we have an enemy that's going around like a roaring lion. But I'm telling you, it is not God's will for us to suffer and go through pain and trouble. It's not his will. Somewhere religion came in that it keeps us humble. I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit keeps me humble. Well, and being a mom. <laughs> Holy Spirit can keep us humble. The word of God, does that not humble you? You read the word of God and see how majestic God is, and you feel like this, yet he makes you feel so big. I mean, it's this thing of, I'm nothing. He loves me so much. You know, this love that fills you up that he just says, you're the most special thing. And you're thinking, how? How? How has he called us? But he has, and he loves us so much. God did not create the world to be broken and full of pain. We have to go back to his original design. He is the creator, right? In the garden, it was perfect. And God loved that. And he walked with us and did relationship with us. We chose to bring pain in. And then God went to the greatest lengths to restore that by bringing Jesus. And just so you know, Jesus is coming back and restoring all that too. <laughs> but until then, we are not subject to this earth or to the poison of the enemy, to sickness, to trouble, to pain. And the only thing that changes that is by prayer and faith. We cannot earn it. We cannot earn it. But we can pray for it. I know that we are all dealt a hand of cards in life. And somebody's hand, some people's hands is better than others, right? Usually it depends on the generation before. Some of you are first generation Christians. At least first generation real Christians. <laughs> Victorious, right? Knowing the promises. And that's hard. Because your hand of cards wasn't great, right? 
but we have a God that we can turn in the cards we don't want. I'm talking about playing cards. I really don't ever play, but it was just my example. Don't think I'm like a poker player on the weekend. I'm not, but, you know. But, you know, we get to see our cards and we get a choice. Like, ah, I'm not taking these two. I'm not taking these five. It's five, right, in poker? <laughs> Whatever. I'm not taking any. Really depends what was handed to you. You know, some, I thank God that I believe my kids have a better hand of cards than I did. And I definitely did for my dad because my dad and mom were first-generation Christians. I mean, real Christians. And they had a lot of plowing to do. And I had a lot of cards I had to turn in. But do you know that most believers will just fold or believe God wants them to have those cards? And that hurts me the worst. Like God has assigned this to them to teach them something. Religion loves to justify pain, lack, poverty as a learning lesson from God. I want to tell you something. God doesn't use the enemy's playbook to raise us up. I don't know where that thing came in where poverty is from the Lord and it's godliness. I've been in the streets in Kenya. I've seen kids Little kids on cardboard boxes sniffing glue because they are so hungry. You cannot tell me that is God's will. I hate poverty and lack. And somehow we justify it that it keeps us humble. I'm sorry if you're prideful, it's not because of money. It's because of issues in your heart. Money cannot make us selfish. Money can't make us prideful. It only can expose what's in our heart. That is not from God. Pain is not from God. They're like, well, you know, pain's going to lead them back to the Lord or make them hate God, which most people do. It says the goodness of the Lord, the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance, the kindness of God. And we have to break off that weird, religious, demonic stuff because the enemy wants to keep us down and keep us in lack and keep us sick and keep us ineffective and keep us in curse because he loves it and he's laughing at us. And Jabez said, not for me, not for me, not for my kids. Can God use pain? Sure, pain definitely can be a teacher, but it's not God's perfect will. You know what God uses? Wisdom. You cannot tell me that sickness, pain, trials is a better teacher than Holy Spirit. You're telling me that a trial can teach me more than the living God, the creator of heaven and earth that lives inside of me? No. We have been given the Holy Spirit as our helper, our teacher, our comforter to show us all things. Now, do I learn from pain? Yeah, because sometimes I don't listen to the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Or somebody in my life doesn't, right? And that's where God says, but I will work everything out for your good. Why does he say that if he puts it on it? No. He says, this is not my will, but if somebody hurts you or you make a mistake, I do. Don't worry, baby girl. I'm going to work it all out for your good. I'm not going to punish you. 
I'm not going to shame you. I'm going to work it out. Holy Spirit is more than capable. And the word of God, if we would get in the word of God, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It goes deep, deep, deep in our hearts to convict us to righteousness. I don't need a trial to teach me that. If I go through a trial, okay, God's going to use that and perfect me. But we can choose wisdom. We can choose to be humble and listen to the Holy Spirit. And we can pray, God, Keep me from all pain and trouble. Because when I'm in pain and trouble, guess where my eyes are? They're on Kara. And the longer I'm in pain and trouble, my eyes are on Kara. Now, how powerful am I for the Lord when I'm like, me, 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 me. Oh, my past. Oh, my upbringing. Oh, what my uncle did to me. Oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. Right? I'm not... I'm not undermining that. I want to tell you, I had a lot of things I I had to get healed from. A lot of you know my testimony. I am not diminishing pain. God cares so much about pain. That's why he sent his son. But what I'm saying is God can heal it, restore it, redeem it. And that's his heart. If we would get eyes off the situation like Jabez and say, oh God, would you bless me indeed? You know that word indeed in the Hebrew is equivalent to five exclamation marks. God, would you bless me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So much, so much, so much. Like he's very dramatic in this. It wasn't like, could you bless me a little? Could you upgrade me a little? He's like, I want the whole shebang. I want everything. As much as you have, I'm going to take it all. I mean, that's a bold prayer, right? Most people would feel uncomfortable with that prayer. And God's like, I'm going to interrupt one of the most boring parts of the scripture (laughs) to talk about this man and say how much I loved this. He not only prayed it, but I said, oh yeah, I'll definitely do that for you. Isn't that so powerful? So many times we blame God for what the enemy has done. Sickness is not a better teacher than the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. My, um, I've prayed for a lot of people. I mean, um, I've shared a lot of my testimony. I want to share um, about my grandma. I loved my grandma. My grandma was dealt really bad hand of cards in life, if I can go on with that analogy. Um, my heart breaks what she's been through. Her mom died when she was little. And her, her and her brother were separated, and she went to an aunt who didn't really, did the best, but it's not her mom, you know. And her dad got remarried and had other kids and never took her. So just a lot of rejection, abandonment. She was in abusive relationship after abusive relationship, like heartbroken. She lost a daughter at 14 year, when her daughter was 14 years old, a lot of pain. And unfortunately, because her life was so painful, the card she gave my dad was even worse because he grew up in that a lot of abuse a lot of abuse um my dad like he tries to tell stories he's so whole now but I'm like dad don't I can't hear the stories I can't hear the stories of what my dad went through but my dad was like Jabez and he knew there was a God that could rewrite a story and he was brave enough to go after it 
both my mom and dad is amazing. And I'm so sad because my grandma, for whatever reason, maybe she was taught that God did that to her. God was teaching her a lesson. Maybe she never knew she could pray. Maybe she never knew God loved. I don't know her reasoning. But her life just ended in so much sorrow. And my dad walks in such a supernatural, crazy favor and blessing that now has landed on us and they have 20 grandkids. Every single one of us is serving the Lord and loves the Lord. And I'm telling you, that was not earned. That's called grace. That's called prayer and believing. You know, we're on this earth to be ambassadors for Christ. When I was 20, I think 21, I went to Kenya for the first time. And when I went there, um, I went to preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, share the good news. I was living in Kenya, but I wasn't a Kenyan. I wasn't from Kenya. You know, my home was here. And all of the resources at home was at my disposal. And I was there the three and a half months the first time. I was around sickness all day long. I mean, I'm talking about AIDS, malaria, yellow fever, sick people, hurting people. Not one time did I get sick. I was around so much poverty, like so much poverty. The first week I was in Kenya, my physical body couldn't handle what my eyes saw. And I had been on the mission field before. I had been to Tijuana and different places. It was a poverty. I I looked around and I'm thinking, how is nobody doing anything? I'm 21 years old. I'm by myself. I travel by myself and I don't understand. I was around so much poverty. But I had all the resources I needed. I mean, I had budgeted, but, you know, I kept giving it away and giving it away and giving it away. I'm like, Dad, I need more money. (laughs) I would come home and work and put it in the savings account and then go back on the mission field. But what I'm saying is I never lacked. I never lacked. I needed the finances. Praise God that I wasn't sick over there. Praise God I wasn't poor over there. I could still preach the gospel, but how well can you preach the gospel when you're physically not feeling good? You're emotionally not feeling good. You're like, God is good. I mean, I'm depressed, but God is good. I mean, really, like that's not God's will for us. And he can heal us. That is the same with us on earth. Our bank account is in heaven. Our joy is in heaven. Our peace is in heaven. And the Lord says, let we pray, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because he's up there? Yes, but we're up there with him. We're seated in heavenly places in the spiritual realm. Daddy, I need more money. Well, that's so selfish to pray for that. Well, I guess it is if you want it for yourself, but it's selfish not to pray for it. Do you not see? I mean, we have kids right now that want to go to youth camp and they can't go. I hope that we can have a little extra money to do that. I'm just saying, right? God wants us to be generous. It shows his character. God wants us to be healthy. God wants us to be free of pain and trouble so we can go and help somebody who's in pain and trouble. Now, I'm not saying that blessing means it's easy. Kenya was not easy. 
We are not called to an easy, cush life, and I'm blessed, and everything's great, and it's all about me. Ugh. It's not God. We lay down our lives, right? We lay down our lives. We're selfless. We give sacrificially. We do the hard stuff because we're equipped for it. Kenya was the most amazing, hardest time of my life. I mean, demonic seances going on, and you're seeing so much stuff, and I'm exhausted. They think I can preach five times a day. I mean, like, I was 21. I had probably preached three times my entire life. You know, you're exhausted, and, and there's always people who want and are pulling on you. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff to do. I didn't take the blessing, go to Kenya, buy a big house, shut myself in. I'm like, okay, I'm good. No, the blessing is for a watching world that needs to know Jesus. That is why we want to be blessed. Yeah, for our sake, but for others too. So when we refuse to get past our pain and pray and believe for the blessing, we're selfish. I mean, I'm not saying we're consciously selfish, but it is selfish to not pray for blessing when we know it's God's will for us, that God, you would bless us and you would use us. You would extend my territories, God, and your presence would be with me wherever I go. And God, keep me from all pain and trouble. We have not because we ask not. I understand that when we go through something, we can relate to people. I think life experiences can be very powerful, right? When we go through something, we can understand people more. But we don't have to. I don't think I have to have gone through being a drug addict or a divorce or, you know, something to be able to relate to somebody better. Because I have God Almighty in me. And he can relate to everybody, right? I don't think Jesus used life experiences to minister to people. He had the compassion of the Lord. And the compassion of the Lord is supernatural. God can give you feelings, words of knowledge, prophetic words, emotions, heart connection with people. That I don't have to walk through your shoes to understand you. Because God lives in me and he understands you more than I'll ever. And honestly, even if I went through something similar you went through, it's still different. Two people can go through the same thing, and we cannot say, I know what you're feeling. We don't. But I believe that when Jesus saw the hurting and the broken and the lost, he felt it. That that word compassion is this deep, deep aching of feeling somebody's heart. And he was moved with compassion. Um, I'm going to end with this example. Um, I've had several um, like prophetic unctions or feelings of maybe what somebody else is feeling. And I like that because when I can feel somebody's heart, there's more faith to my prayer. Do you know what I mean? Um, A couple months ago, Ben was um, away at a conference in Colorado, and I had a horrible dream. I don't think I've shared this before, but I had a dream Ben died. And it was in the dream, I experienced grief like I never thought a human being could experience. I 
could not get myself together. The pain was so deep in the dream. I was like, I'm not going to survive this. And in the dream, nobody would come and console me. I'm like, if somebody would just come hug me and nobody would hug me in the dream. Okay, I wake up from the dream. I'm like, whew, that was heavy. And now I'm doing spiritual warfare over him. <laughs> like, I'm like, babe, how you doing? Drive careful. Like, you know, I, I didn't know if it was a dream to pray or just, a, sometimes it's just a demonic dream to torment you. Sometimes it's an intercession dream. I didn't know what it was about, but I prayed and I refused to be in fear. I prayed, well, that Sunday or like the next Sunday in worship, the Lord said, I want you to share that dream. Uh, part of that dream, and I want you to pray for deep-seated grief. It's like, okay. So first service, I get up, I share a little bit of the dream, and, and I prayed. But second service, I forgot to do it. So I didn't share it in second service, and um, I was out there greeting everybody in second services there leaving, and this lady, it was her first time coming. She didn't speak. Our second service is Spanish. She didn't speak any um, English, but she came up to me with a friend who spoke English, and she said, um, she wants to know, it's her first time, she wants to know if you will hug her. I'm like, of course I'll hug her, and, you know, I give her a big hug, and then I pull away, and she said, um, her husband just died this week, and she really felt like you were supposed to hug her. And I was like, okay, my eye, now I'm just like a mess. And I said, okay, I would never say this, but I'm telling you, I know what you're feeling. God gave me a dream prophetically. I know this dream was for you. And he gave me, I could feel your heart and your ache this week. And I'm so, so sorry. And here we are crying. And then she just melted wailing in my arms. That was a supernatural experience to bring supernatural healing to her life. That was way better than losing my husband and going through it. Right? We think our pain would heal somebody's pain. No, whole people heal people. Right? And I say that to say is that, sure, God uses life experiences, but let's not have our mind defaulted to, I have to go through hard things so I can, you know, I can relate to people. We relate to people because we have a supernatural superpower called the Holy Spirit and prophetic unctions that God can give you a feeling, God can give you a word that God will use to minister to people.